This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, I am Chong Jensen and this is The Breakfast Grill. DS Sigma Holdings Berhad is a packaging products provider with in-house manufacturing of corrugated paper packaging products, including cartons, protective packaging and paper pallets. It is en route for a listing on the ACE market of Busan, Malaysia on 6 January 2023 based on the IPO price of 55 cents. This translates into a market capitalization of 264 million. Joining us in the studio is Lucille Teosulian, Managing Director of DS Sigma Holdings Berhad. There are numerous companies listed on Bursa Malaysia and many other private companies which are involved in the manufacture of corrugated paper packaging products. I notice Vital Factor puts DS Sigma's market share at 2.5% for corrugated cartons based on your latest revenue numbers, which indicates quite a fragmented market. What makes DS Sigma different from the rest? Good morning, Chen San. Thank you for having us here and thank you for the introduction. Uh, so, uh, in terms of market share, you're right. We are like less, I mean, around 2.5%, which is very, very small. So, I, I think that uh, the market, like just now you mentioned, that uh, is going to go towards a global recession. But the good news is that we only have uh, 2.5% now. We're only doing 2.5% and uh, we are expanding. We're expanding and uh, we expect to have uh, growth in our company. Now, we're optimistic about it. And uh, just to let you know that uh, DS Sigma, uh, historically, we have gone through many of these cycles. Uh, whatever recession that's coming, we were born from the crisis uh, 20 years ago. I noticed you've also worked at Public Packages Holdings Berhad yes. and Syntex Containers in the early part of your career. Maybe yes. you can share with us what valuable lessons have you learned from these companies, which are now, I presume, your competitors as well. Yes, correct. Uh, Public Packages was the first company that I worked with uh, in packaging. And uh, I like their concept that they are going towards uh, total packaging as well. So, but when I was in public packages, we were mostly doing paper. So, I I, I did paper and I, I went on to work with Scientex in uh, Kuala Lumpur. And then we, uh, uh, I was there as product manager and I learned uh, management skills, production, as well as other uh, warehousing and everything was under me at that time. So, it was uh, interesting and I also managed to uh, learn from their MD, uh, uh, Mr. Lim Pengjin from Scientex and uh, it was a good learning for me there. Lah. But I came out and started my own company uh, wanting to be a total packaging solutions company. Yeah. The China's government's policy of banning the import of waste paper has also resulted in big capital investment by Chinese paper manufacturers in Malaysia, intensifying competition. How has this altered the operating environment and the competitive landscape in Malaysia? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of uh, Chinese companies that uh, paper mills, lah, I would say, that came into Malaysia uh, after they were banned in China. To us, because uh, uh, DS Sigma is not a corrugator, so we took advantage of this because there were more uh, paper choices that we had. So in DS Sigma, we are not a product-centric uh, supplier. We uh, pack for our customers, do design optimization, do container loading efficiencies. So therefore, when there is more paper products in the market, it's advantage to us because we can get better prices and better quality products. And and we can use many type of paper uh, to design for our customers. DS Sigma has also positioned itself as a one-stop packaging centre, mm. which does front-end value-added services, JIT inventory management, consignment services and assembly, and packaging.
packaging services, what percentage of your clientele actually use all of your suite of services? Um, I think almost uh, 100% of our customers use these, but not all. Like example, uh, most of our customers are on GIT, okay? Uh, namely, the big MNCs, the big uh, four MNCs that we have are all on GIT. And our GIT is just not a normal GIT where you just in time for tomorrow's production. Our GIT is like we have time every two hours, every three hours, and we also do GIT 24 hours. So that is a bit different from uh, other GITs. Lah. For financial 2022, your top customers were Sony Supply Chain Solutions, Sony EMCS, Panasonic Appliances Air Conditioning, YH Precision, and Samsung Electronics. Because collectively, the top five contribute more than 70% of yes. revenue. So there's a certain amount of concentration risk present. How will you be addressing this? Previously, if you look at our figures, uh, in 2019, we were at 90% uh, customer concentration. And then uh, now, 2022, we are only at 70%. But our figures are still growing. And uh, actually, for, for us, when we first started, we wanted to have that customer concentration. So because the things that we do is not product-centric. So we're not just selling cartons. We're working together with customers to make sure that they can utilize our packaging solutions. We have evolved from one-stop packaging solutions to supply chain management for packaging for our customers. And ultimately, we want to be a sustainable packaging solutionist. So with this, uh, we have managed to diversify lah, to more customers now. So from 90% at 2019, and then in 2022, our customer concentration, that four customers that you mentioned, has dropped down to 70%, but our figures are still growing. Lah. We're having a compound annual growth rate of about 4 to 5%. Uh, revenue from others also contributed 8 to 9% of total revenue for financial 19 to 20, but I noted it rose to 19% in financial 21, and now 24% in financial 22. Can you give us an idea what customers are these and what is driving this growth? So basically, uh, some of our customers are also in the manufacturing. They are maybe uh, plastic, like kind of like EMS for our customers as well. So uh, moving forward, we are going into other industries besides the consumer electronics. We are going to uh, solar, which a lot of people still term it as an electronic sector. Lah. But that's where we are going is because our business is focused on uh, industrial packaging products. So we are focused on more high-end products than just like if your product is uh, a few thousand ringgit, you might require a better packaging optimization. Lah, you know? Your core customers are in consumer electric products, precision metal and parts and E and E parts as well, which will not be spared by a global slowdown while the e-commerce trend has also lost some steam. Have you experienced a softening in orders and how are you positioning the company for this? Well, uh, if you say global recession, definitely we are facing uh, some, uh, of course we'll be affected. Lah. If I tell you that we're totally not affected, then I think I will be bluffing you. But uh, to me, is that we only serve 2.5% of the nation market. There is still a very huge market out there that we can go and penetrate and go. So now with this global recession, I believe that uh, more of the customers out there is looking for a solutions to their packaging needs. Uh, when I say solutions, means they want to save more money. Therefore, we have uh, more opportunity to grow. People are willing to listen and to sit down and talk to us because they want to save some money. You know? Your top five customers also have been with you for 9 to 20 years. So during COVID, a periods of downturn, how do you manage the process in terms of customers asking for cost down or more favourable payment terms? Okay, so basically, uh, our customers are MNCs just now, as you mentioned. So during the COVID situation, uh, our figures actually go up. It wasn't going 
down, it was going up. Uh, we are one of those suppliers that uh, we didn't manage to stop our customers when we had COVID. Lah. We still managed to continue supply because we have different locations. We have one in Telugong and one in Nilai. So whenever there is a COVID situation, we managed to settle it. We even help our customers when their other vendors have COVID situation and couldn't supply. You currently have three factories uh, in Klang, Puchong and Nilai where your Flexo graphic printing machines have a total capacity of 26 million pieces while your fully automated die cut machine capacity is at 8.7 million pieces but your utilisation rates are at 31% and about 11% respectively. Uh, this looks quite low. Why is this? Is it due to the engagement of independent contractors? Uh, we do have independent contractors for the uh, high mix low volume products which is more economical And uh, but when come back to your question on the utilisation rate uh, basically the way they calculate the utilisation rate is based on machine specification how much you can run but uh, over at our side right we also like to leave some capacity because don't forget we are doing just in time and one of our key strengths is that we can turn over very fast for our customers uh, some of our customers when they're urgent or they missed out an order we can run within uh, 24 hours you can have your goods so uh, this is something that I'm proud of and uh, besides that this utilisation rate is also low because if you notice that our factory space is very limited we don't keep much stock so we're running at a very limited space area so that's why some of our expansion plan our utilisation proceeds is to get a bigger space for ourselves lah. so you're mentioning on expansion plans you have, there are expansion plans for another <coughs> factory in Klang and also in Penang so is the expansion drive driven by a customer's request such as your perhaps your new target match markets you mentioned solar PV and the medical in device industry and why the need to expand when the utilisation rates are still quite low some of our uh, utilisation rate is based on the machine specifications so we do not have enough space even we want to run ahead so that's why we need to expand and have a bigger factory so that some of our customers might require us to run ahead and then we'll be able to uh, expand that capacity lah. at the same time because uh, we expect to have a growth in our company so we will need more space and more machineries to help us so 70% of our uh, proceeds will go into this we're concentrating on expanding our capacity to cater for the market demand have you identified customers in the solar and medical industry which you hope to yes, penetrate yes I see um, are you in a liberty to disclose at this point no I think <laughs> that that will be giving my competitors a head start okay, can you perhaps walk us through what the qualification process <laughs> is like when you penetrate the new customer industry will this be far more stringency for the medical industry medical industry uh, definitely they have their own certification lah. example let's say if you're having food or you're having like our our industry E&E we have to have ISO 9000 ISO 14000 but when it comes to stringent because we are not a product centric supplier we are not selling cartons or plastics so we normally approach uh, people who are able to how to say uh, you, you can't just approach somebody and say that okay I want to sell you at a cheaper price we don't go that way we're selling ideas to how they able to save on warehousing space how to save on uh, transportation and container loading efficiency and we also concentrate on design now on the breakfast <coughs> grill this morning is Lucille Teo managing director of DS Sigma Holdings Berhard when we come back we will speak to her about their financials IPO proceeds and why investors should buy the shares BFM 89.9 you are listening to the breakfast grill brought to you by you mobile 5G now with you
BFM 89.9, welcome back to the Breakfast Grill. In the hot seat is Lucille Teo, Managing Director of DS Sigma Holdings, Berhad. Before the break, we spoke on its operations as a whole, key customers and factory expansion. Lucille, can we talk about your cost breakdown now? Your main input materials is corrugated board, which in turn is determined by prices of wood pulp. The direction of prices for the producer price index for wood pulp and corrugated paper boards, they look to be on, on an uptrend, 48% increase for 2021 and a further 25 to 30 percent for 2022. How are you managing this cost increase and where do you foresee the direction of prices and how much have you been able to pass in terms of future increases to your customers? We are not a product-centric supplier so uh, most of the time when we talk to customers about prices we don't talk like if you have this carton box people selling you one dollar we sell you 50 cents. No, we don't do that. So we have understanding with our customers raw material cost is how much. So uh, we will adjust it or look at it every quarter. We can't pass it immediately like when the price goes up, immediately goes up. It's not like that. But every quarter, we will look at it. If the raw material comes down, we will also reduce for them. Raw material goes up, we will also adjust accordingly. I see. So the real risk that you take is probably for three months? Yes, correct. Yes. Um, I'm looking at your financials. Over the past four years, from <coughs> financial year 19 to 2022, your revenue has grown by a modest compounded annual growth rate of 5 percent to 121 million but your net profit has grown by a stronger growth of about 13 percent to 21 million and I noted it's led by expansion in margins the net margin for financial 22 was close to 18 percent compared to 14 percent in financial 19 what has led to this margin expansion and is this sustainable we are not product centric so if you're product centric you cannot be uh, moving that that direction but a lot of our profit is contributed by the designs that we make for customers so when we're not product-centric, we talk to customer about product packaging cost per piece instead of how much is your box or your plastic per piece. So uh, when when our profits grow, it's basically some of our designs manage to save more for the customers and therefore we also have a better margin on that. So it depends on the product mix, uh, what kind of product we manage to sell and what kind of designs we manage to give our customers that give them the opportunity to save more money and so therefore we also make more Alright, diving deeper into your revenue breakdown for Financial 22, carbon and protective packaging contributed 64%, paper pallet 16%, and the supply of protective packaging products 20%. The gross profit margins for carbon and protective have been in a range of about 23 to 27%, but paper pallets, it is between 54 to 67%. So why are paper pallet margins so much more superior and how sustainable is this? Uh, basically, these paper pallets are one of the products that we sell alongside with many other products. Why do paper pallets make more for us compared to other people? Other people also do paper pallets. In in our company, we practice first reduce and then reuse and recycle. So this paper pallet comes in as reuse. So in our manufacturing process for paper, we do have uh, items where it's unavoidable waste. When I say unavoidable waste means you do first piece inspection, you have your printing, you set your printing block and all that will have some rejects, okay? And that rejects, we will put in as our runners for our paper. Of course, not all the time you have that, but we managed to save quite a lot of money on that. I'm looking at your cash flow generation. Your operating cash flows look quite healthy. Your balance sheet is in a net cash position of $15 So based on your IPO proceeds, 12% is earmarked for repayment of bank borrowings and 11% for working capital. But why do you need working capital and to pair down your debt when your balance sheet is quite strong? Basically, uh, when we 
you said working capital, if you are moving forward to expand your business, we have to be ready. Okay. Uh, of course, some of our customers is paying like uh, 60 days, right? So we need to be ready for this expansion. You want to do more sales, definitely you have to have more working capital. And we are paying down our, our suppliers fast so that we can get better price and good support from our suppliers. Will you initiate a dividend policy at some point? I would love. Anytime because like? uh, at, at the moment, uh, me and my uh, uh, business partner, we are still uh, the largest shareholder. We're holding uh, close to 70 over percent. So of course, uh, paying out dividend will be good for us. Uh. But at the same time, we will also have to look at our expansion plans, right? Uh, but definitely, uh, we, we would want to pay dividend. Uh. But we don't have uh, precisely a dividend policy yet because I have to also see the growth of the company. If the company uh, requires the money, then definitely uh, we will go more for growth. Uh, you know. In terms of your IPO proceeds, at your IPO price of 55 cents, this will raise 50 million, which is about 20% of your market capitalization, of which 34% will be for factory expansion, 32% will be for the purchase of new machinery and equipment. So this aggressive expansion comes at a time where there's a consensus, as like we mentioned, a possible recession in 2023. Do you feel the timing for expansion could have been better? Basically, when I went, uh, when we decided to go for IPO, uh, we we wanted to expand. And now I feel that it's uh, the best timing. Why I say so? Because if economy was good, everything was good, you cannot buy anything cheap. Everything's going to be expensive. Now is a very good timing with that $50 million during a good boom time. I don't think you can actually buy much. Lah. But with current situation, I think we can get everything at a better price. DS Sigma's IPO also involves both a public issue of new shares amounting to $91 million and an offer for sale of 38.4 million shares or about 8% of your total number of shares outstanding. An offer for sale is normally frowned upon as it's always associated with the promoters actually cashing out. So why the need to do one? So basically as uh, promoters, me and my partners, right, we uh, we feel that, you know, we have worked so hard and we have put a lot of our effort in the company and we want to see some, uh, realise some money lah, at that sense, uh, you know, in that sense. So what has been largely the feedback from your investors during your roadshows and how have you managed uh, have you managed to actually attract any major institutional investors into the company so uh, basically in uh, there are many people asking about our shares so okay. uh, my answer is that uh, we we have all, all completely sold uh, months ago lah. so uh, to us I want to have investors that can help synergize our business mm. uh, most important is to synergize our business not just investors just giving us money you know so it's more important for us to find investors who are who can work together with us to synergize the business and make it grow. So at your IPO price of 55 cents, as mentioned, your market cap is 264 million. You will trade at about a PE of 12 times for financial 22. I know the business is not strictly comparable with your peers and your margins appear more superior to some of the other listed companies such as public packages where the market cap is about 165 million, but they trade at just five times and on our paper market cap of about 100 million, they trade at 11 times master pack market cap of 137 million. It trades at under seven times. So unless DS Sigma's profits are growing by a very strong growth rate of say 50%, why should investors buy your stock over these more established names with a longer listing track record? I mean, for a start, I, we can't directly compare to them because uh, I would I would deem them to be more product-centric suppliers. Uh, they concentrate on paper. If you notice from our prospectors, we are not only concentrate on 
our paper. We also do plastics and other packaging products. So in short, our company is not only supplying uh, packaging materials. Lah. You know, uh, like I mentioned that we are even involved in their packaging supply chain management. We even uh, provide customer consignment uh, packaging management. Means uh, the customer don't pay until they use their products, right? So uh, we are giving more value-added service to customers and we're talking about packaging cost per piece compared to how much is one carton or how much is one plastic. So I I, I find that it's a totally different in that sense. But if you say uh, packaging, yes, we are in packaging. So we are similar in that sense. Ah. And maybe lastly, maybe you can touch a bit about uh, your move to sustainable packaging and how does the ES- ESG agenda worldwide affect your products and your business in general? Okay, so uh, like I mentioned to you just now that we have evolved from a packaging solution, uh, I mean one-stop packaging solution. One-stop packaging solutions means you supply all the products that the customer wants. So we have evolved to uh, supply management of packaging for our customers. What that means is that uh, we not only uh, supply them products, we also do design optimization for their products. What I mean by design optimization is that when you have one box, let's say the size two feet by two feet, and maybe the customer was packing 15 pieces of their product inside. We will tell them, let's do this two feet by two feet and pack 30 pieces inside. How are we going to do it? Then our packaging engineers will come in and we will talk to their engineers and design something up for them. So that that is the difference that we have for our side. And uh, with that, uh, when it comes, after that, we evolve to sustainable packaging. Why I say we evolve to a sustainable packaging is because more and more customers are coming to us because of ESG. Okay, The E starts for environment. So packaging uh, plays an important role in this environment is because uh, where, well, plastics is still recyclable but it's not biodegradable. So if you can see from our record, right, our paper products are moving up, okay? So we are we are designing with customers to uh, be more biodegradable products. At the same time, we also have information that Styrofoam Europe and America is going to phrase them out. So therefore, we're also designing things for our customers and taking over that kind of business as well. So therefore, uh, uh, that's our part in ESG. And of course, the ESG part that you mentioned for environment in our company, like I mentioned just now, we do, we first advise customer, please reduce using. Uh, I think in Malaysia, we always hear about recycle, recycle, recycle. I like to take this opportunity to say, let's all reduce usage first to save the environment. So we, when we say reduce usage, means we tell customers, let, let's pack more in the same box size. So if you can pack 15, now I pack 30, that means you save one box. So we reduce packaging and then we reuse them. How we reduce them internally is like I mentioned to you just now our our runners, our pallets, we reduce the waste that we have to go into there. And then subsequently, all those that cannot be reduced or reused, you still need to use boxes, right? So then you uh, recycle them, right? So that's our part on the E. And in terms of uh, social-wise in our company, we, we are still small. So what we do is we do for our staff and our suppliers and our people first. Uh, we always practice uh, uh, fair and open uh, uh, working with them. And then in terms of governance, we have our ISO uh, 9000, 14000 and we also have uh, great auditors that are auditing us. And our customers are also not letting us go. They have RBA audits on us for our, our governance as well. On that note, thank you for your time. Today on the Breakfast Grill was Lucille Tio Sulian, Managing Director of DS Sigma Holdings Berha. I'm Chong Jensan, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you.
You've been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.